Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we look back at the Jets' loss Saturday to the Kings as well as an unexpected coaching name pops up on the radar. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates pod all right hope you guys had an awesome weekend despite the jets best efforts to ruin it once again yeah another loss and a similar formula once again as so many other defeats this season a 3-2 loss to the la kings but you can kind of you know check off all the boxes here a slow start poor defensive play pizzas up the middle a tilted shot clock and then yeah, why not? A couple of bad bounces and some poor luck thrown in there for good measure as well. So, a similar script that we've seen, but, and we'll get right into it here. There was one thing that really stood out for me in the game. It, it was just, it was one word, and it's something that's been a major issue all season long, but it was really, really evident to me, especially by the way the Kings took it to the Jets in the first half of that game. And then spending my Monday night watching Leafs Lightning, it popped out to me once again. And that's pace. That's it. The Jets as a team do not play at a high pace whatsoever. The scrappy LA Kings, who have you know a thousand man games lost to injury this year, play at a high pace. And teams in the upper echelon of the NHL, like the Leafs, like the Lightning, the Avs, the Hurricanes especially, all those teams play at an extremely high pace. And when I talk about pace, I'm not talking strictly like skating speed specifically, because the Jets do have some burners on the squad. It's, it's not that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are a slow team per se, but what I'm talking about is intensity effort first and foremost and then that's followed by things like attention to detail and structure and, and playing as a five-man unit that that to me is what pace is all about that's what enables teams to play at a high speed level it's not necessarily hey we need to get the 20 fastest skaters we can it's you know how could we be the most effective as a five-man unit out there on the ice it's combining those elements that i mentioned there and instilling it into a performance 
over the course, you know, maybe not a full 60 minutes, but pretty damn near close to that. You know, for me, the Winnipeg Jets play at that level for about 20% of the time. The LA Kings, they they play damn near 90% of the time. The Avalanche, the Hurricanes, the Lightning, the Leafs, all, all those teams, 90 plus percent of the time. That element is just so lacking from the Winnipeg Jets. It has all season, and even in this brief little quasi-run that they've gone on, it's not like they've outplayed a number of these teams picking up some wins. And and we're talking about teams near the bottom of the standings, not ones that you know they might have to, to overpass to get into a playoff spot or potential first-round opponents. We're, we're talking about some of the other thens in the NHL. And when you watch some of those teams, they don't really move all that well up the ice together. And it has more of a feel of, you know, game one of 82 as opposed to making this push to the postseason where you see teams really ratchet up the intensity level. The, the Jets just don't have that, do they? And that's, a, you know, like pace is one thing, but th- there really isn't a whole lot of intensity from the majority of the Winnipeg Jets, is there? Right? Like there's that first period, especially the LA Kings didn't do anything unique or transcendent something that's going to change the way the game of hockey's played. They just went out there and they worked their asses off. They won a bunch of puck battles, and they threw a bunch of pucks towards the front of the net and, and tried to make life difficult for Winnipeg, and they did because the Jets were, were fortunate to be down just one heading into the second period. Like The, the Kings are a high-volume shot team, and you can be successful doing that when you take it to the opposition that way, when you win basically every single puck battle and you force the other team into making turnovers and the Jets are just too often each and every night, they seem happy to be the team that, that makes the mistakes time and time again. They never really force the issue out there. And I think that's what's made this season so damn frustrating, right? Because again, you know, watching the Leafs lightning game. I mean, there's skill all over the ice there, but there's a ton of grit and intensity going on. But watching them play, and then watching the Jets play it, and while the Jets not might be at their level, you don't watch the Jets play and go, oh, there's not enough skill on this team. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the hardest thing to acquire. The Winnipeg Jets have a decent amount of. It might not be the best in the NHL, but it, it, it's still a, a pretty... A pretty impressive collection, and there's a lot of teams that would kill to have the talent that the Winnipeg Jets do. But it's just that that added element that makes good teams great, average teams really good. That's what the Jets are missing with their group right now, and they're not going to go anywhere, whether it's regular season or playoffs, until they find a way to recapture that. Because they had it a few years ago, and it's just gone completely AWOL over these last few seasons. And, and specifically, I think it's reached... A tipping point this year. There's just too many times, and, and we can name the the culprits that everybody knows who have been guilty of this far too often this year. But there have been too many players in too many instances where it's eighty percent effort, right? Seventy-five percent effort. You know, in, instead of skating with the guy to the nets, I'm going to peel off, and that's going to allow. Uh, you know, a, a lucky bounce to happen on, on one of the LA Kings goals. I'm going to make sure that, you know, instead of getting in the shot lane and, and making life difficult, hey, let's peel off into the into the neutral zone and maybe I'll get a break on this. Or it's, you know, instead of stopping at the end of the offensive zone, I'll, I'll peel away because, 
you know what, stopping and starting is a little bit too difficult for me, right? Like it's it's all these little things that add up, add up, add up, and it's 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 a perfect explanation as to why the Jets are where they are in the standings right now. Because you can't convince me that a team like Dallas, for example, is more talented than than the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, hey, Vegas has been besieged by injuries. They might be more talented. But the LA Kings, right, from from what we... And I know they're missing a ton of bodies, but... I mean, come on. The Winnipeg Jets, on paper, should take care of the LA Kings more often than not when they play. And, and it just hasn't been the case so far this season. The Kings, while the games and the scores have been close, the Kings, for me, have been by far the better team, and it's just unacceptable. And now the plan... Now, now the goal is... How do the Winnipeg Jets go about fixing that? And hey, look, that's that, that's the offseason topic. There's no doubt about that. And, and we'll get into it plenty, you know, as we kind of wind down the regular season here and, and headed into the offseason, which is, you know, the objects in the in, in the mirror are closer than they appear here. Now that the Jets are, you know, four, five, six points out of a playoff spot, you know, maybe even seven, depending on what the Dallas Stars do with their games in hand. But the easiest way to remedy that, you know, to bring that extra level that we've seen a number of teams, even if you want to just limit it to the West here, that they've brought this season, you know, the easiest way to do that is hit a home run on your coaching hire. And there's no doubt that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be dipping their toes into that pool this offseason. And they're going to have to find the guy that pushes the right buttons here. And while there may need to be personnel switches up front, and on the back end, and some talent might have to be shipped out. And there's that whole tangle that management is going to have to play here. That's the move that needs to be a home run. No matter what else happens this offseason, the Winnipeg Jets need to make sure that the coaching staff, yeah, and I'm not even saying you know just the head coach, but the coaching staff that's brought in needs to find a way to instill that level of pace, that level of intensity, and that level of attention to detail to get the Winnipeg Jets back to where they were. To get the Winnipeg Jets where everybody thought they might be before this season started. That there, there's, there's no reason this team should be on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture. You can talk contenders and all that, but at the baseline, this should be a playoff team year in, year out. Fortunately for the Winnipeg Jets, some good fortune might be coming their way on that front. There's a very, very intriguing name from the coaching ranks that popped out this weekend that I certainly did not think was going to be an option for them. You know, might still be off the table, but just the fact that, yeah, you know what? Something pretty tantalizing is sitting right there for them. That's something that we got to discuss, and we'll do that right away here. We'll also talk about Vili Hainala, the forward group with some... You know, COVID absences coming back to play and a few other things as well. We'll get to all that in the second half of the episode here. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. A big weekend of sports wrapped up, but a big one upcoming this weekend as well. Because we got two title fights up for grabs on a stacked UFC 273 fight card. And you can join in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Because new customers can bet 5 bucks on any fighter and you get $100 in free bets. Win or lose, doesn't even matter. You get 100 bucks 
as long as you bet $5 on any fighter at UFC 273. And remember, too, if Sportsbook is not available where you're at just yet, millions in prizes up for grabs with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA contests as well as Daily Fantasy contests in every single sport as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $5 on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so yeah, you know, some people might not like looking at the uh, the coaching carousel. You know, seeing that the Winnipeg Jets technically don't have an opening right now, but if we assume the Jets go on the path that they're on, you know, the writing is kind of on the wall here that Dave Lowry is not going to be back next season as a head coach, and the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to make an external hire for just the, I guess, the third time in franchise history. You could maybe even say the second time, you know, having to make a coaching change, you know, going from Noel to Maurice and now Maurice to question mark. But there was a bit of news that came out over the weekend that is potentially, potentially a major, major boon for the Winnipeg Jets. And this kind of goes back to when the coaching change, if you want to call it, that happened. Or was, you know, maybe in the process of potentially happening earlier on this season with the Winnipeg Jets sputtering with Paul Maurice behind the bench. And there was, you know, the issues in Vancouver with Travis Green and, you know, Philly lets go of Alain Vigneault, right? Like, there was a number of different coaches on the hot seat there. And there was one guy that was still without a job. And it was just blowing my mind that teams weren't falling all over themselves to bring this guy in to run their hockey club. And that's Bruce Boudreaux. And I I don't know what it is, why this guy seems to get... Not a bad rap necessarily, but just not the respect that I think he deserves. It just it felt like so many teams were content with trotting out mediocre to below average coaches when you have a guy like Bruce Boudreaux sitting right there. And I I thought to myself, man, one of these one of these teams with high hopes going into the season, they're gonna upgrade their coach by moving on from the previous guy. And bringing Bruce Boudreaux behind the bench. And I just thought it was only a matter of time before we saw a pretty miraculous midseason turnaround. And it ended up being the Vancouver Canucks first on the draw. They bring him in. And while the playoffs aren't going to happen for the Canucks, there's no doubt that it's night and day, right? You, You saw the, everyone saw the transformation from the team. The exact same group of players. No trades made or anything. And the Canucks looked like a pretty dangerous team since Boudreaux took over from behind the bench, playing at, I believe, a 100-point pace in and around that since he took over the Canucks. Not going to make the playoffs, but there's no doubt he's been a tremendous, tremendous positive for the team. And I'll get to the 100-point thing in just a sec here. But the news, now, you might say, well, why is Bruce Boudreaux potentially being linked as a guy to watch for this upcoming offseason? When it comes to head coaching jobs in the NHL. Well, interestingly enough, reports came out that with the way Bruce Boudreaux's contract works with the team is that there is both a team and a, in this case, coach option 
once this season wraps up. He does have another year on his contract after this one. But the team has a choice, and they can decide that, you know what, we want to go in a different direction, move on, we'll pay you a bit of a bonus, you go your own way, you're a free agent. Or Bruce Boudreaux himself can decide that, mm, you know what, don't want to don't want to spend another year in Vancouver, I'm going to go elsewhere, I'm going to forego some money, but I become a coaching free agent. And it's just interesting that that's even brought up because you would think the Canucks, with how well they've played under him, would be, you know, scrambling to find a way to lock him up to a, a bit of a longer extension even. But, you know, Elliot Friedman mentioned this, that there's some pretty serious whispers and smoke about Bruce Boudreaux not returning to coach the Canucks next season. And you want to talk about teams playing with pace? Teams playing at a high intensity? High-skilled teams being difficult to play against? Bruce Boudreaux checks off all those boxes in a major, major way. And man, oh man, I would just be dying all over myself to bring him here to Winnipeg to see what he could do with this group. I mean, you look at his career as a head coach, and Bruce, Brucey falls out of bed, and 100-point seasons are falling out of his pajamas all over the place. That's, that's all the guy does. In, in nine of his ten full seasons, nine of his ten full seasons coaching in the NHL, those have been 100-point campaigns, or at least 100-point pace campaigns. One of those was in the shortened 48-game season, but the Anaheim Ducks were, were a powerhouse that year. I think they finished first in the West, ultimately going on to the second round. Like, all this guy does, if you give him talent to work with, you're going to the playoffs and you're having home ice advantage in the first round at the very least. Like, that that's a pretty high bar that he set. A lot of coaches coach for a long time, and they don't reach the the standard that Boost Pudro teams have met consistently for a long, long time now. I, I Again, I just don't get why he's not a guy that anybody goes up to and hands out a four-year deal and says, all right, well, as a GM, my job's safe for the next little while because we got a team that's, that's going to be really difficult to play against. So there's a real big opportunity here if things don't work out between the Canucks and Bruce Boudreaux, for the Jets to swoop in and get a serious name, a serious upgrade, some serious credibility and oomph behind the bench, having a guy like Bruce Boudreaux potentially be the coach for the team. I, I would be fascinated to see how that could play out and what the response would be from a number of different players as well here. And, you know, if you look at Bruce Boudreaux's history coaching in the NHL as well, you know, there's a lot of fans here that have a problem with the way ice time is divvied out amongst the forwards here. Bruce loves to roll four lines, and he loves to make sure that, you know, maybe outside of Alex Ovechkin, his forwards are super fresh, you know, when it comes during the regular season and then amp that up a little bit come playoff time. But you might be talking about, you know, the Winnipeg Jets ice time leader up front next season having at most 20 minutes a game. I would love to see a Jets team that is balls to the wall, super, super tenacious and aggressive when it comes to their forwards up front and having those guys do that for 35 seconds each shift. And they're only playing 18, 19 minutes a night. I think that would be the perfect antidote to what's ailed this Jets team so far this season. 
So you look at the coaching names that are out there right now and, and some possibilities. We'll get to all that once this season wraps up and, you know, maybe Kevin Sheveldayoff officially makes things official when it comes to how the coaching situation is going to play out next season for the club. But I'll tell you what, unless something crazy happens out there in Long Island and and Barry Trotz moves on from the Islanders, the Jets are going to find a better guy than Bruce Boudreaux. I, I just don't see it. Unless there's some wonderkind out there that, you know, we haven't heard of just yet. They're not going to find a guy that has the resume that Bruce Boudreaux does. And I think you take that into consideration. And the fact that I think the way that he coaches aligns perfectly with what the Winnipeg Jets need. And the group that they have specifically up front would love, love to see a Bruce Boudreaux Winnipeg Jets team next season. I I think that would be... That would be a pretty easy way to convince season ticket holders to re-up for another season and to get some butts back into the seats at Canada Life Center. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as the season winds down because the Canucks, like the Jets, likely to be on the outside looking in. So we might get an answer on that in, in just a couple of weeks' time here because there's only about 12, 13, 14 games left for most of the teams heading into the tail end of the regular season here. Now, a couple of notes before we wrap up the episode quickly here. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets will be back on the ice for their next game at home Wednesday night against the Red Wings. And we saw some interesting developments at practice on Monday. I mean, the most positive ones obviously being Kyle Connor back at practice. Nate Schmidt back at practice after missing three games due to positive COVID tests. So, those two guys look like they'll be ready to go. Specifically, getting Kyle Connor back in is a huge boon, obviously. I mean, one, just, you know, what he does up front. But two, with the playoffs kind of out of reach here, you know, maybe the one thing left to cheer for is Kyle Connor being the first Jet to reach 100 points since the team moved back here. Then maybe, maybe making a late push for 50 goals as well. But at least, like, the 100-point chase for Kyle Connor, that would be something to tune into for the rest of the season here. So up front, kind of the same for the Winnipeg Jets. Sassy, Shifley, Ehlers together once again. Connor Dubois, Wheeler. And then a third line of Lowry, Sanford, and Appleton with Evgeny Sveshnikov down to the fourth line. Sounds like Jansen Harkins is going to miss a decent amount of time as well after he took that you know shoulder, upper body injury early on in that game against the LA Kings. So we'll see how long Jansen Harkins is going to be out for. Uh, but just looking at the forward lines there, and this kind of goes back to to the main theme of the show that we've touched on here. You know, pace, intensity, things like that. You know, the Winnipeg Jets really do have a good... Uh, uh, sorry, I should say the Winnipeg Jets have a talented forward core. It's good, but I think talented is the is the key word, I think, to use when you look at it. There's, there's a lot of skill all over the place there. And depending on who comes back, what trades are made, things like that, we don't know what's going to happen with Paul Stasny as a pending UFA. Cole Perfetti, obviously, you know, I, I don't think we'll see him for the rest of this season, but he's going to play a huge part of the team next season as well. You know, the one thing that is really missing is, you know, you look at the wingers and not necessarily third line center because Lowry brings this in a big way, although you might want an upgrade. Uh, when it comes to your third-line centers over Adam Lowry, even with the resurgent second half of the season that he's had. 
But one thing I would love to see change going into next season, an addition to be made, is a guy that is, and I'm not even talking size necessarily, but is just tenacious and gritty and physical as all hell. That that would be a huge addition to the Winnipeg Jets' top nine. And this is where, you know, like the Zach Sanford trade happens, right? And I think GMs a lot of the times get caught up in things like size and weight when they talk about trying to add a physical element to their lineup. And I think that's a, a bit of a mistake. It's an easy mistake to make, but a, a mistake nonetheless. No, it would be great if those guys did that. But to me, the Jets don't necessarily need six foot four forwards. They need guys in the mold of Zach Hyman, Michael Bunting, Matthew Perot five years ago, right? Like guys that are going to be a pain in the ass to play against. They're going to forecheck like an absolute demon. They're going to be physical. They might not destroy people, but they're going to separate opposing players from the puck. Different things like that force it, right? Like the Jets don't really necessarily have a guy that specializes in that. They've got a ton of talented scorers, guys that can make plays, guys that can pass the puck like very few in the league can, but they don't have a guy whose specialty is forechecking demon solid defensively, and just a general pain in the ass all over the place while adding a bit of skill on top of it as well. I, I mean, Dubois, Dubois would be the closest thing to that, but I'll, I'll kind of exclude him from this because to me, he, he's just, he's more of a physical presence and, you know, I, I got absolutely no problem. If the Jets want to find another Dubois, I think we'd all be down for that as well. But I'm, I'm specifically talking about a Bunting, a Hyman, Maybe like an Andre Pilat. You know, each each contending team has a guy in that mold. And it would be really, I think that would be kind of the, the final little piece that the Winnipeg Jets could add when it comes to maybe their winger specifically that could take their forward group to the next level. You'd have a spread out top nine. Really difficult to defend. I, I would just love to see that addition be brought in. I don't think it's Zach Sanford. Maybe Mason Appleton could, you know, up that up a little bit in his game. But I wouldn't mind another piece being brought in besides a guy like Mason Appleton. I mean, Brandon Tanev is a great example of that too, right? So, someone like that, that would just give that final little versatility to the Jets forward group. That would be fun to see. Would love to know if you guys have a specific name, by the way. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki at Skates Plates Pod if there's a gritty, tenacious, 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 versatile forward that would be a perfect complimentary piece for the Winnipeg Jets inside their top nine. Let me know. Uh, the final thing we'll get to, the forward core there, but the defense with Nate Schmidt coming back into the lineup, presumably, obviously somebody has to come out. And there was a bit of confusion slash debate as to who the odd man might be when it came to you know line rushes and and how the practice worked and things like that some people said Billy Hainala is coming out some people said Logan Stanley was the extra defenseman when it came to practice the Jets website by the way has Logan Stanley as the seventh defenseman but I mean obviously when some people put the lines up and said Hainala looks to be the odd man out people freaked out and so that's going to be this, the decision here, obviously, is is it Hainala or is it Stanley that has to sit here? 
I, I, I just don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this, honestly. I mean, Billy Handel is one of the, the six best defensemen on the Jets. There, there's I just don't see what the debate is. I don't think there is one to be had here. And I this is coming from someone that a lot of people have said I, I'm notoriously hard on Vili Hanel and should maybe cut him some slack. But I, I just if you're looking at these last few games specifically, but even the season as a whole here, Hanel has outperformed Stanley by a decent margin. There really is no reason whatsoever that Vili Hanela should be taken out of, the, out of the lineup. Because the only reason to me is you want to have six foot seven in there instead of 5'11". That, that, that's it. But if you're talking about winning hockey games, Vili Hanela is the guy that's going to help you do that right now more than Logan Stanley. And that's the other part of this, too, is that it's kind of a win-win having Hanela in the lineup because I think it makes the Jets a better team today and the rest of the season. But there's no doubt whatsoever that it makes the Winnipeg Jets a better team moving forward into next season. And you know what? Even if there's some potential trade chatter to be had, you know, you, you want to give Billy Hadela the next dozen games or so for a bit of an audition for any interested teams out there as well. Like there's just there really is no downside whatsoever to playing Billy Hadela as your fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman, whoever you want to call it, as that guy for the rest of the season. And I think we, we kind of know what Logan Stanley is at this point. Um, unless we see some insane resurgence from him next season. He's a third-pair defenseman. And hey, nothing wrong with that. He can, be a, a, he can be a benefit to the team on the third pair. But I think that's kind of where he taps out. Hanela's potential is still up in the air here, right? He, he could be... In a number of different spots, you know, depending on how his career plays out here. But there's just so much unknown that the Winnipeg Jets deserve it, right? I mean, they they owe it to themselves to find out just how high that Hainala stock can be going into this offseason here. So it would just be, I, I don't expect it to happen. I think the Jets will have Hainala in the lineup at the very least for Wednesday's game against Detroit. And then, you know, probably again Friday against Colorado. But it would just be really disappointing because there's not a lot of logical arguments for me as to Stanley being in as one of the Jets' six defensemen over Vili Hanela at this point. I think Hanela's been getting better and better. And hey, another assist for him in that game against the Kings. Would love to see him get even more ice time, to be honest. Would love to see him be Neil Pyong's regular partner, to be honest, and have him playing, you know, 17, 18, 19 minutes a night. But at the very least... Billy Hanela should be pretty much guaranteed, barring some kind of disastrous performance, Hanela should be guaranteed a spot in the Winnipeg Jets starting lineup each and every game moving forward for the rest of this season. But that's going to do it for our episode here today. We'll wrap it up there. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll get back to it at the end of the week. I think we'll come back Friday morning. You know, a bit of an odd schedule for the Winnipeg Jets. But only one game to talk about until then. And, and that's where we'll switch our focus to on Friday, that matchup Wednesday against the Red Wings. We'll dive into that one and then get ready for another scary matchup against the Colorado Avalanche at home for the club once again. We'll see if the Jets can maybe make this matchup a little bit closer than some of the previous ones so far this year. But that'll be on tap for our final episode of the week coming at you guys on Friday morning. Until then, though... Thanks again for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
I'm your host, Brandon Verwicki. We'll get back at it on a Friday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.